0: Welcome to a very special bonus episode of the Budsies Podcast. It's episode number 50 on the rare white Bengal tiger, Nick, along with Sullivan, my son. Emily.
1: <laughs> Nick, it's been 50 episodes, so you know what that means.
0: I do. And I which I was listening back to hear what we had done before, and the first time we did this. We didn't say anything, we literally just started recording, did the shot, and we're like... (laughs) And that's how it opens up.
1: So what Nick is referring to is every 10 episodes of this podcast, we celebrate with each other by making a shot, and we take it to start the podcast.
0: Yeah, so for the record, episode 10 was a special fruity warp pipe shot. Episode 20, I just went back and listened to this, that's how I know.
1: Good. <laughs> I was like, how oh, do you have a really good memory? <laughs> was,
0: I want to say it was Rum Chata and Screwball. That one
1: was tasty.
0: Episode 30, I want to say was Mother's Milk, because we referenced, like, oh, the boys just ended, and I, the boys is now back.
1: <laughs> I was thinking that was 40, because that the Mother's Milk was definitely the worst shot we've taken. No, that
0: was that one, because 40, it was... Um, the cinnamon crunch shot
1: which is also tasty
0: which I realized outside of the first one they've all been cream based and this one, this also, one is also is this also cream based so this one's a mudslide which uh, I'll talk about the significance of that after we get into this a little bit but uh, Emily here's to 50 episodes
1: to 50 more
0: to a lot more than 50 more
1: blink well, that is good
0: that was really good yeah so today's episode again special bonus It's Halloween Havoc 1995, home of the Yeti. (laughs) And for those curious why we did uh, Mudslide Shots, it's a little OSW tribute, so if you know, you know. Does
1: he not have any mates?
0: (laughs) Even though he's not on this episode at all.
1: We thought of him, though.
0: We did. We were ready for that fucking dick (laughs) fad. Oh, God. So, I guess before we get into the episode... Emily, it's been 50 episodes.
1: 50. We have done, we've sat down in three different housing locations now and recorded episodes of the podcast, of this stupid little podcast.
0: Now, granted, 52 is the number where, okay, you have one for like each week of the year kind (laughs) of thing. We'll pass the mark of like, okay, on average, we put out an episode more often than every other week. Yeah. Yeah. So we got that going for us. That's which good. Is, which is nice.
1: Now that we kind of have more of a groove of editing and producing, like we are just a two-person team. So we have to find the time to watch, record, edit, and post while also having lives and jobs and other things like that. So yeah, the fact I'd that say, we've been able to do the schedule that we've had, I think is impressive.
0: I'd say posting isn't hard, but I uh, You often, have to struggle with it every week. Well, no, I, I posted fine. I just have an issue with uh, tweeting out the link. I often tweet from my own account.
1: Yeah, and this time, this most recent episode before you're hearing this one. No, the one before that. Oh, I'm, I don't know the calendar. Yeah, exactly. I didn't, I didn't catch Nick's mistake until five days after he tweeted it. So I was like, uh, you need to go fix that.
0: Yeah, I'm like, oh, shit.
1: <laughs> so Emily, why
0: are we doing Halloween Havoc 95?
1: Well, Halloween Havoc 98 was our first episode.
0: That does not really answer why this show.
1: In a sense of completion and, you know, coming to it in the timeline. I don't know. I'm Emily, making it up. Emily, it's, it's for the yette. the yette. <laughs> which I really feel
0: like I've done a disservice to him by not shoehorning in jokes for him over the last 30 episodes or so. Because the first 10 to 15 are literally You found a them. way
1: to incorporate him into every episode. Which is impressive because of how unimpressive he is.
0: That, yeah. that And the fact that... Outside of us doing this bonus episode, we were not going to see him at any point. (laughs) Spoilers, he doesn't last long.
1: There's a reason. He's amazing, and I love him. But he is not long for this world.
0: I think he's still alive.
1: The character. Which,
0: I guess that's a a fucking trend we're bringing back, where I had to cut out multiple conversations in the early episodes (laughs) of us talking about, is this wrestler still alive? It it really depressed the podcast.
1: I get sad. (laughs) I'm
0: glad we're somehow reverting back to our earlier stages.
1: When we started this podcast, I knew significantly less about wrestling. And I knew significantly less about what happened behind the scenes. And like the dark side of the ring, if you will. And so when I would just find this stuff out, it would just break my heart. Every time I saw a wrestler on screen that I loved, I was like, oh, I love him. What's he doing now? He's dead. It it sucks.
0: Well, speaking of not knowing much about previous wrestling, what did you know about this show going in minus Yete?
1: <laughs> Absolutely nothing.
0: Because I knew pretty much everything that was coming and I just like, had to pretend like you wanted to do Time to Blade <laughs> on a match. I'm like, okay, we can't do that.
1: Oh, you sold that really well. Like you didn't know why we couldn't. <laughs> Anyway, I knew nothing. We did listen to like a week before we watched this, even if that. We listened to OSW's Fall Brawl. Yeah, episode. I wanted to
0: give Emily a better sense of uh, like what
1: the stories were going in. Yeah,
0: I didn't feel like watching several weeks of Nitro even though Nitro's at this point are 1 hour and I'm like, "Oh god,
1: I know, the dream."
0: The issue is
1: This podcast will be a lot shorter. Well,
0: the issue is a lot of the storylines are happening on the like lesser shows like no you need to watch every fucking show we got oh, we're
1: not watching thunder i will not
0: i guess what were your expectations going into the show
1: honestly my expectations were low because the last couple of pay-per-views we've had in our timeline have been you know hot garbage so i was not expecting to love this show as much as i did
0: and you were having a very hard time with the Legion of Doom and Dungeon of Doom.
1: But I figured it out.
0: It held that one of the Legion of Doom was on this show and we had to have a sit down like, pause, have, let's talk about I it. I
1: have a cheat sheet now.
0: But let's get into this. It's Halloween Havoc 1995, live from Detroit, Michigan, not in Cobo Hall, that's next door. <laughs> October 29th, 1995, we are in the middle of peak fucking ridiculousness, WCW, Dungeon of Doom. Hogan, ah, it's not hot.
1: <laughs> I Yes, we did finally go back and watch. Because Nick has been quoting that scene for years. And we finally went back and watched it.
0: I did want Emily's intro to be, ah, she's not hot. And she got mad about it. Well,
1: I don't want to be bullied. I'm cute.
0: We start with an opening video package. And it's just ridiculous. Him, the narrator, going through, trying to sell us a serious storyline. And then... The yes. the graphics of the monster trucks turning into people, which if somehow you don't know, <laughs> there is a dual main event tonight of Hulk Hogan and the giant, a.k.a. the big show, will first face off in a monster truck sumo match. And then after that, they'll wrestle. <laughs> like, really? It's like, OK, well, you know, for the title, whatever, like it's, you're burying in the lead there.
1: So I have a friend who is absolutely obsessed with the Big Show. Yes, my friend David. He wanted to be shouted out on this podcast. David is a huge fan of the Big Show. So when I this don't graphic, why he said it started out as a meme and then it became serious. And I can't even fault him for that because I, unironically, love The Bachelor for that exact same reason. Okay, I thought you
0: were going to say you love the Big Show for that same reason.
1: <laughs> no, The Bachelor franchise. But I sent him the a video of the transition from you know truck to man and even he was like losing his mind. After that graphic they're like, if survival is possible, they'll wrestle. There's no way for that to happen if one of them died. Like if if they're joined in the the front. Like they're welded together in the front. So it's not like if well, one falls off the building, the other one's just gonna snap off. Like they're both going.
0: Well we'll talk about that as we go along. I don't want this to be just the countdown to the sumo match, oh, but that's but basically it what it oh, is. But it is. Well, we get some really weak opening pyro af- after the intro, and I'm like, yeah, this is a, this is an early WWE. You have not racked in the money yet.
1: I didn't even notice the pyro because I was so enamored with everything else that was happening.
0: No gargoyle pumpkin this week.
1: But I think the rest of the set is the same.
0: I don't know. There's a, lot, like, graveyard. Of, a lot of various tombstones. There's one that says Elvis Lives.
1: Yeah, and then there was just like the... Um, like mausoleum sort of entrances that they would walk out by. Yeah, there was
0: one I knew you a hundred percent didn't get, which they showed multiple times, which was Crockett.
1: Like Davy Crockett?
0: No, it's Jim Crockett who used to own WCW or the company that kind of became oh. this version of this. The ownership timeline's a little weird, sure. but yeah, it's meant to be a you know, subtle nod. Or not so subtle nod. Not so subtle because I kept going. Subtle back to unless it. you know it and then yeah. it's like, oh, get it.
1: Do you get it? And who
0: do we have on commentary for this show, Emily?
1: We have Tony and Bobby. Tony Shabai, and Bobby Heenan. Like, do they have
0: better or worse chemistry here than 1999?
1: I just My question is, did Bobby Heenan ever like his job? In WWF, he did. In all of the times of WCW that I have seen Bobby Heenan, he just, maybe it's his character and I'm being worked because that tends to happen. He hey. just... Seems to hate everything that's happening. Well,
0: he's meant to be the heel commentator, but it's also it a matter come of... It off
1: heel. It comes off as miserable old man that can't get out of a contract. Well, he just
0: flip-flops on his A-game, and then there's a moment where he tries to make fun of somebody for, like... He tries to make the joke that someone lives in a trailer park, and oh, the... yeah. he uses a thousand words for a three-line punchline. And, and it's Tony's like...
1: just looking at him like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tony
0: just leaves him out to dry constantly.
1: Uh, I do wonder what their, like, backstage relationship is. I know you've said it's bad, but I want to know how bad.
0: I've told you, but there's a line from either Bobby's book or an interview or something. I, I think Bobby has a book. At WrestleMania 17, him and Mean Gene call the Gimmick Battle Royal. Oh. And he jokingly calls Gene Tony. And Bobby says, oh, I shouldn't have confused the two. Gene has talent and a job.
1: Damn. <laughs>
0: yeah. So that's kind of the feelings on Tony. Tony Schiavone.
1: Tony Schiavone. No, it's funny though because Tony is still like current day commentating for AEW, right? Yeah. Which I, whenever we flip over to AEW, it's just like a weird fever dream of all of these wrestlers that like we've seen in parts yeah, of our seeing wrestling Tony show and, and yeah. Taz.
0: Yeah, Taz the Hardy Boys Sting. It's Arn Anderson and his Glock were there for a while.
1: <laughs> it's weird. And now there's like Brian Danielson and CM Punk. There's just it's just a whole conglomeration of all the different timelines that we have watched in WWEF, and they're all just in one show, and it's just weird.
0: Let's try to stick to this show. Sorry. We're gonna have a bunch to talk about. Commentary starts talking about the Monster Truck sumo match, and they cut to shots of Hogan and Giant already being on the roof, like, baiting each other.
1: Yeah. But they're
0: not connected. And I'm like, this is what the match should have been. So I'm like, what would have happened here?
1: Yeah, they're baiting each other in their respective trucks. They're not just mano a mano. And
0: for the record, they are on the roof of the, like, hall next door. Actually, I don't know if either these venues are still up or not.
1: And if they are, I'm sure they're renamed at this point.
0: But both of these men appear in the actual arena during the show to do an yeah. interview. They were up on the roof of the monster truck match left, came to the arena, did their interview and then went, and went back, back up. up. Yeah. Yeah. And then came back for the match.
1: They got their steps in that day, but let's not even remotely try to pretend that that was a live thing. No,
0: they, yeah, they, they that the yeah. night the night before.
1: Yeah. Come on.
0: And apparently speaking of the night before, before they went on the air, it is reported that Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman attacked Ric Flair backstage, so their tag team match is in a bit of jeopardy. Oh
1: no!
0: We don't get any Nitro stills or video of that, so we'd have to take it's the commentary. It's just commentary, word. yeah. We then go to our first match of the night. It's Johnny B. Bad versus Diamond Dallas Page. Oh my
1: God! The second they set up this match was when I was like, "I'm in." It wasn't the sumo trucks. It wasn't knowing that the Yeti was coming. It was the setup for this match. I was like, this is going to be a great show.
0: Well, DDP has Kimberly and Max Muscle with him. And we're going to get a video package kind of showing, all right, here's why this match is happening, which, yeah, these were all like, you know, a little on the nose, but I'll take that we over. Stories. Well, I'll take that over the vague, like, oh, here's a music video yeah. set to clips of Kevin Nash being sexy.
1: But every match had a story for the most part.
0: So what was the story of this match?
1: So Johnny B. Bad shows up backstage with me and Gene to do an interview after he had missed his match with Sting. Sting. And so he shows up late to the arena. He's totally missed the match. And he's covered in grease. And G- Gene's like, what the hell, man? You missed your match. Whatever. And um, Johnny B. Bad's like, I had a flat tire. I couldn't call anyone. I don't have a cell phone. Like, I what do I do? You know? And then DDP and Max whatever- Max um, Muscle. Max Muscle. (laughs)
0: It's not a subtle name.
1: (laughs) DDP and Max Muscle come out from the other side of the screen, and DDP says, oh, you really messed up your shot, Johnny B. Bad. You really screwed the pooch on this one. Like, it should
0: have been mine anyway. It
1: should have been mine. You wasted it. And uh, Max Muscle's just standing behind him this whole time. DDP throws it to him like, what do you have to say, Max? And Max is like... so
0: Gene throws it to him. Oh, okay. DDP does not give the game away here. It's so Gene, just a stupid fucker.
1: Yeah. So Gene throws it to Max, and he's like, well, what do you have to say about this whole thing? And Max is like, yeah, it's a real shame about your four tires.
0: Johnny Batch like, do what? I said one flat tire. And then just that was like, comedy punches that DDP. That
1: was it. When Which, he was like, what? I said four? You said four tires. I only said one tire. I was like, that's enough. That's perfect. That is everything I need in wrestling right there. Which that, is, I'm so easy to please. Which, is
0: that how that show went off the air? Because they literally said, like, we waited a while for Johnny I B. Badd to know. show up. So is that how it like, ended?
1: Anyway. All right. That's I te- the premise we have for this match.
0: I teased this a little bit as we were watching. Emily, what do Johnny B. Badd and Brock Lesnar have in common?
1: Oh, God. What
0: they were both married, and one still is to Sable.
1: Johnny B. Badd was married to Sable.
0: Yes, Johnny B. Badd, aka Mark Marrow, brings Sable into the WWF because Vince McMahon and Vince Russo like, are like, oh my god, she's fucking hot as hell. Bring her in, and then he gets jobbed the fuck out because they want to push Sable as a star.
1: Wow. And I then, love Johnny B. Badd. and That's then she marries shame. Mark, S-
0: and then she marries Brock Lesnar.
1: That's so sad. But what a
0: contrast of two men!
1: I don't see what she sees in Brock Lesnar that Johnny B. Bad doesn't have. Johnny B. Bad has heart, passion, charisma, characterization, good wrestling. Yeah. Brock has nothing.
0: Well, to, uh, to to demonstrate value, Brock broke into her house.
1: Oh, you have told me this. Yeah, he was a stalker. It worked. This is Stockholm. Syndrome. It worked. I don't know. I
0: don't. Yeah, I don't condone that. I just want to throw but that out it there. It worked. That man demonstrated his value. He uh, engaged physically.
1: Do not pull the Dennis <laughs> system on Brock Lesnar.
0: What am I, Daniel Bryan? Uh, that was in kayfabe, though. <laughs> Daniel Bryan only did it in kayfabe. Brock Lesnar might have done it and shoot.
1: He did it in kayfabe, too, didn't he? Did he? Remember, he was, like, um, creeping on uh, Undertaker's wife. That didn't work, though. Well, you're anyway, right, it didn't work.
0: Also... Especially now that you've seen Kimberly, that story is even more ridiculous to you. Correct him oh, being like, "Oh yeah, Sarah."
1: No, he would never go for Sarah. No not when Sarah. he has Kimberly. Kimberly is an absolute gem. I'm sure Sarah's lovely, but Kimberly has been by his side from the beginning.
0: Well, How dare you? During this story, Kimberly is like, "I don't like this heel DDP. Like He's she, no good."
1: She didn't leave his side though.
0: Well, not yet. Shut up. We keep calling him DDP. I don't think commentary does. He is fully Diamond Dallas Page.
1: Yeah, commentary will call him Diamond Dallas.
0: And he comes out in this black-yellow, and then it's like a a salmon kind of pink-orange number. Mm -hmm. Emily, it's time for...
2: Who's that Pokemon?
0: Sorry to rip off OSW very blatantly here. We actually picked this out before we realized they did it for Halloween Havoc.
1: Yeah, and for diamond dallas in the same match they
0: also do it like four times in that show we're fine okay we
1: only do we only do the ones and it's a different gimmick
0: so emily who is that pokemon
1: so i had this one in my brain before we even started to search okay
0: i didn't have anybody in my brain beforehand but i think
1: you're gonna fight me because of the added color here but ddp is snubble i don't think you can fight me on that he's a heel he's got like the crazy hair which could match you know the bulldog-esque of snubble and the colors are pretty much right
0: so you're, I assume you're swapping the blue for black.
1: No, there's black and stubble.
0: Oh, I guess there is. Yeah, the yeah. ears. And it's a lot more pink than I would have gone with. Oh,
1: I think there's a lot of pink in DDP's outfit. Honestly,
0: it's almost orange. That's why... I- it's like coral. Yes. I went with Mega Bayonet.
1: Okay, what?
0: The Gen 3 Pokemon that got a Mega Evolution. Look it up, Emily. Look it up right now. I'm right. <laughs>
1: I guarantee you that our listeners know who Snubble is. They don't know who, m- what was it called? Mega?
0: Mega Baynet. Baynet? B-A-N-E-T-T-E.
1: Oh, I disagree. This is way too black. There was a lot of black in the outfit. There was more pink. It was more colorful. I think I'm right. I'm going to post this on the Instagram and we're going to have it out. We're going to duke it out. I am actually going to post on the Instagram. Shut up. Don't call me out again.
0: Yeah, I just didn't think there was that much pink. and I don't know. I saw it and I, it spoke to me.
1: Snubble spoke to me, and I think his characterization also works with DDP. So I'm sticking with mine. I think I have a good choice.
0: So when Johnny Bad comes out, he uses a decoy who walks out back first, and Tony Schiavone is like about to call out. Wait, is that him? Like <laughs> you hear him like start to say it, and then someone in the here like shut the fuck up.
1: Oh my god!
0: Because Johnny Bad then blindsides DDP from behind to start the match. I have no idea who the guy on the ramp was. I was going to ask. They never show his face, so it's not like he does like a turn reveal or anything. Yeah. It's just meant to be he got somebody to do it.
1: He did come out in like the coolest cape, though. It was like a spider web sort of looking thing that said, have a bad day. And if I had a cricket, I would remake it.
0: So they brawl until Badlock's in an arm bar and shouts to the crowd, but they they don't react early on. They get into this match later, but Thankfully, in the early yeah. stages, they're like not into it.
1: Which is sad because it's a fun match.
0: DDP complains that Bad pulled his hair and Bad's like, oh, I pulled your hair and then gives him a big hair pull. And I'm like, did I -I pull your hair? Did I
1: pull your hair like this?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like, you won't complain about it, I'll fucking do it. Bad gets dropped face first on the corner turnbuckle after an attempted 10 punch spot. We get a big back suplex from DDP, which gets a very reluctant 10 from Kimberly. For context, Kimberly's gimmick at this point is scoring DDP's moves and giving him tens. And
1: does she have scores that are not ten?
0: I swear I've seen her give lower scores to the like the opponent's move.
1: Okay, because she only had one score. Card. I
0: feel like she's done that. That might be a weird uh, Mandela effect kind of thing, Maybe. but or as I call the Mandela effect, I just
1: misremembered.
0: <laughs> it's crazy how that works.
1: But yeah, I did come at know- me. Come
0: at me on Twitter. I did. No, not even don't at me. Come at me on Twitter. I will defend the stupidness of the Mandela effect. It's just you not remembering shit, right? You were a child.
1: Oh my god, here we go. I I looked back when we rewatched the like clips from this um, this match. She only had one scorecard. Oh, so unless there was like. Maybe there's a gimmick where she only gives 10s to DDP and everyone else just gets a zero because she doesn't raise their raise a card. I don't know. There was only one.
0: Well, Kimberly for- is foreshadowing my score for the main event. <laughs> At least parts of it.
1: You gave it a score?
0: DDP hits a pancake on Johnny B. Bad, which is like he gets him up for a pile driver and then just kind of drops him just stomach first. They're like, oh, okay, it's kind of lame.
1: Can't take pancake.
0: Bad gets out of a rest hold, first of many, with a backslide, and then eats a big clothesline. We get a scooped power slam from DDP. Then we get Max Muscle assisting DDP out of this like weird arm submission, kind of test of strength. And DDP chokes Bad with his wrist tape while Max Muscle distracts the ref. A lot of rest holds in this match.
1: But they didn't insult my intelligence. No,
0: no. We, we'll get they to that in like the main event. But
1: The pa- the pacing did not you know, negate the necessity of the... Rest holds.
0: Despite the one point where like Johnny Bad's taking a nap, it looks like
1: Oh yeah, the man didn't know how to flex his arms, but it's fine.
0: Yeah, like D D P was trying to be like, Okay, I'm gonna do things, like do the weird like headstand knee yeah. thing. And Johnny Bad's just laying there like I'm out. I'm <laughs> During one of these rest holds they do the drop the arm twice, but would you believe that Johnny Bad comes to life with the third arm drop? What? Get, get a back suplex from him and then a head scissor. Like, oh wow. I forget like how agile he is.
1: He really is.
0: Hits a diving axe handle and the crowd comes to life. And additionally, Kimberly gives him a 10.
1: Ooh, it's like, oh, shit. The opposing team a 10.
0: Messy powerbomb from Johnny B. Bad. And then shortly thereafter, DDP hits a diamond dream, which is his jumping DDT. Page then goes for the diamond cutter, but Bad holds the ropes at a spot that wasn't super clear. So the crowd doesn't really react to yeah. it. Bad Dumb's page on the floor, and then does the fake six one nine dive, and then flips over the ropes, hitting the bad day.
1: That somersault over the top rope, though, onto the outside. Oh my god, that was so clean. It was so. It was so nice.
0: He then completes it by hitting like a vaulting leg drop kind of move on the inside, and I don't know what move he was going for. But commentary says he was going for the tutti frutti.
1: Did I say tutti frutti?
0: He has a little Richard gimmick. He's meant to be his thing.
1: Oh. I didn't get that.
0: Well, Gene actually mentions Tootie Fruity later in the night, so... I
1: didn't get that.
0: He goes to Tootie Fruity, but Max Muscle gets on the apron, and then DDP gets dropkicked into Muscle, and Bad rolls him up, but DDP <sighs> kicks out. DDP then gets Bad in, like, a full Nelson, and he's like, all right, go ahead and hit a Max Muscle right in front of the ref. I'm sure this is fine. But it's the one thing they didn't want to happen as <sighs> Johnny Bad ducks. Max Muscle decks DDP... Bad than clocks muscle who comedy sells on the apron, <laughs> and off a clothesline DDP gets pinned by Johnny B Bad,
1: and he wins the title. Yeah,
0: new television champion Johnny B Bad. This match went went about nineteen twenty minutes, but um, it was, believe,
1: it was the longest match on the card.
0: Um, it's I think it's actually just shorter than another match, but it's up there. Okay, thoughts on the match?
1: Oh, I love this match. I love DDP. I love Johnny B Bad. Like I thought this was really fun.
0: This was a very fun match. I agree with you on that. It went a little longer than I think it should have.
1: I don't think that it dragged, though, at any point. I thought that it was, like, very well-paced. I didn't feel like I wanted to die watching it. There was no point where I was looking at my watch like, okay, can we be done?
0: Fair. I, yeah, it's one of those where, like, it, you know, if you took out one of those rest holds, you could probably shave two to three minutes off this match. It was like, okay, well, yeah. Would have been a little bit nicer. Um I just thought, I should at the beginning, thoughts on this version of Diamond Dallas Page?
1: I don't know. He has a lot more hair Yeah,
0: here. middle of his, um, they won the lottery and won a bunch of money story, which actually turns out to be Kimberly winning the, a, a, a bingo game. And it's like it's like 15 million or something. I'm like, bingo?
1: I didn't know you could win money out of bingo.
0: Oh, no, you, well, one, you can, but the record is substantially lower than whatever number they were claiming. But in the uh, Kimberly-DDP storyline, DDP will go on to lose pretty much everything. Oh. He will lose Kimberly to Johnny B. Bad and additionally lose all the money. Oh. And then will have to like quit or is fired or something. What? Yeah. Wait,
1: he loses Kimberly and he loses the money? Yes.
0: Yeah, so well, apparently it was Kimberly's money to begin with.
1: But aren't they married? Are they married in the story?
0: I, it's vague
1: because if they're married, that's alimony, baby.
0: Yeah, it's it's vague. This this culminates with DDP getting fired, and then I think it's a surprise entrant in this one tournament. You know how WWE has the King of the Ring? Mm-hmm. WCW at this point tried out doing. Ah, uh, we have a new Lord of the Ring. Oh, DDP was a surprise entrant, and I think there was some screwing or something because he wins. And the next night, he's like, nah, he didn't win. <laughs> no one won.
1: It's oh, like, well, what the fuck God. was
0: the point of that?
1: Well, Lord of the Rings can't last for very long because the Lord of the Rings is going to come out fairly soon.
0: 2001. Six it really years. Or, it was like 98. Or probably five years out for that point. But no, it's 2001. Oh,
1: really? 2001, 2002, 2003. Well, we know the books are out, so. Yeah. We know <laughs> shit. <laughs> I really thought the movies were like late 90s.
0: Nope. They're uh, early 2000s, although... I would doubt that, uh, I don't even know that he's alive, but even if it was, I don't think Tolkien's watching the late 90s WCW.
1: What? I think he is.
0: I believe this is the only time we will see Johnny Bad, aka Mark Merrill, on the podcast. He does get a fair amount of hate. I think a lot of that is from him looking like an idiot during his WWF run.
1: Oh. That's a shame, because I really like his thing. Yeah, whole he's a thing. decent wrestler. Yeah. Good promo. Yeah. It's and good, Like, very charismatic.
0: From all accounts, seems to be a good dude. I think he's doing like charity shit now. So oh, look uh for him. yeah. Moving on, we got a commentary. They know that the main event will be the Giants' first match. They're almost right.
1: Oh yeah.
0: It's his first match in WCW. Apparently he's had one indie match and that's it.
1: Oh really? Oh yeah. he's real green.
0: Yeah. Hulk Hogan like discovered him like in his local gym and wow. was like, You wanna be a wrestler, brother? <laughs> he's like, All right.
1: That kind of makes me love him a little bit more. Look at all the success he's garnered.
0: Emily, how old is the Giant during this pay-per-view, do you think?
1: Oh, I'm thinking he's like 22. He's
0: 23.
1: I was going to say 23, but I felt like I should go a year younger. He's
0: only 50 right now.
1: Yeah, he's not an old guy. But I knew when he was in WCW, he was real young. So that's why I was like, he's a baby.
0: So commentary then talks the uh, Monster Truck Sumo match, and they fully ruin the match here. Do they? To me, because... They're like, okay, the truck's going to be welded together. Yeah. You win by pushing your opponent outside of the circle. Yeah. And they're like, he may push him, you know, all the way off the roof. And I think Bobby Heenan goes, well, you know, if they do that, th- they're welded together. The other truck's going to come with it.
1: Oh, did he say that? I, yeah, I he that fully was points you it out.
0: That. No, Bobby points it out. I realized, like, you can win by flipping the other truck. And I'm like, how would you flip it? You're. You're bumper to bumper front to front you so how can't... could you
1: tell which car flipped which car
0: not even that, I don't know how you'd flip like that, but oh, even I, don't know. I mean yeah, I guess you could see one flip before the other, but you kind of can't flip here,
1: yeah i I don't think they mean flip as much as tip,
0: well, yeah, I mean tip it on time, but still, like yeah, you can't when you're welded like they are, you I can't feel like there tip would be a away without breaking the weld, I mean that's you the know, only I feel way like there's a way. I don't know, but yeah, Bobby does fully point out the, yeah, they're not going off the side together, guys.
1: Yeah, we're not murdering people, or so we think.
0: Let's move on to match number two. It's Ed Leslie, the Zodiac. Emily, is it him? Yes. No. (laughs) Versus the macho man, Randy Savage. And it's, like, actually Randy Savage, not weird 99 randy savage
1: so i made the i made the comment in one of our last episodes i don't think i've seen randy savage in his peak i still don't think i have however i think that this randy savage is a lot closer to what randy and his peak is
0: i will say if his promo later isn't his peak i don't know what is oh, now i felt like you would think this match was art based on what you love about wrestling oh my
1: god that's why i'm saying this pay-per-view had all of my favorite things
0: so the match starts. Randy Savage pulls Zodiac off the second rope, and then what happens, Emily?
1: Immediately, fan interference. Yeah. Immediately, a woman, a woman jumps over the barricade.
0: Not gets- to not to be confused with uh, Kevin Sullivan attacking Hulk Hogan in the build of this. With me and Gene going, it's a woman. Oh no! <laughs> we saw that clip. Too. Did we? Oh, yeah. I don't
1: remember it. Anyway, so a woman jumps over the the barricades, gets onto the apron, and no one stops her right away. They're just kind of looking at her, and it takes well, security a minute to get her. The
0: ref tries to get her, and she slips out. Randy Savage, I think, sees it's a woman and goes... I'm oh. not hitting her. Well, yeah, because Randy Savage has decked a fair amount of uh, interfering fans in his time. Oh,
1: yeah. But she lasted in this ring. She was the longest fan interference that I've ever witnessed. It was impressive, and like, I think it was because she was a woman. Like, yeah, use your sexuality, girl. Like, do it. Girl power. <laughs> Gaslight gatekeep girl boss. but so she is in the ring for thirty seconds. She then she's on long, the apron. longer than
0: that because. But then Zodiac and the... Savage bail the outside to yeah. get attention away.
1: So they're trying to get her out of the ring while they're on the outside doing the match. And by the time they like get her out of the ring, the Zodiac and Savage get back in the in the ring, and then the match is over.
0: Did you hear the bullshit from Bobby Heenan? Listen to this crowd chant for Randy Savage oh, as they're yes. they're cheering the fucking fan. Yes, it's like fuck you, Bobby. Yeah, they
1: were they were doing their jobs. They were trying to divert attention from the bullshit happening in the ring. Yeah.
0: World. So back inside, so they brought it outside for a little bit. Back inside, Zodiac misses a second rope splash. Randy Savage hits a top rope elbow drop with the fan being escorted out in the background and gets the pin in about a minute and a half. It's like, Jesus.
1: And this woman was part of the match for so long that I was so focused on her. Like, usually when there's fan interference, I can focus on the fan, and then by the time they're gone, I can be like, okay, the match. But by the time I was like, okay, the match for this one, it was over.
0: Yeah. Oh, I missed the note of if um, if Savage wins this match and Lex Luger wins later, they're going to face each other for some reason. I don't yeah, really I don't get know. why they both needed to win a match to do that. I don't
1: know.
0: And they might have mentioned it during this match. This was originally meant to be Randy Savage versus Kamala. Oh, what
1: happened
0: to Kamala? Uh, Kamala went, I don't want a job to Randy Savage.
1: That's fair.
0: To Randy Savage? The number know. two babyface on the entire show? Kamala, do nothing member of the fucking dungeon of doom.
1: Do you remember Zodiac's performance from this match? No. Yeah, no. That,
0: no, that's my point. It doesn't matter. It was just like, okay, Randy Savage gets a win. It doesn't Kamala matter who he. Well, he got fired because of it.
1: Oh well, he really don't want to work. It's
0: like, all right, you don't want to lose to Randy Savage. Go up here on the fucking indies.
1: Yeah. Okay. I guess when you come at it from that angle, yeah.
0: This was an absolutely nothing match. The, the, the fan interference. Honestly, if not for the fan interference, this would be a completely forgotten match. Oh,
1: yeah. I don't even think I would consider it a match. Like, I actually
0: happened? wonder how short this match was supposed to be. Like, did, was it meant to be 30 seconds and then they had to draw it had out an extra minute? In. Yeah. <laughs> like, it wouldn't shock me, but. Although, on the other end, like, Zodiac seemed to be getting up as Savage was going up for the elbow. with Savage just, like, fuck it. This match is dead? <laughs> Pin.
1: <laughs> Done. The end. <laughs>
0: Spoiler, I guess, mild spoilers. But we will see Randy Savage later. Because why would you set this up if you're not going to do. Yeah. We then go backstage, which I feel like we've complained that we don't get enough backstage interviews. No, we got a lot of backstage. We, yeah, we got like four or five I of them. I loved
1: it. I think our complaints are valid because I loved the backstage segments in this.
0: Yeah, because they all felt fairly organic too. It yeah. wasn't super. Honestly, I mean, we complain about interviews not being scripted. These all felt pretty good.
1: These all felt scripted, but. But, like, believable.
0: To a certain degree. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think this one did, for better or worse. It's me and, oh, G- no, yeah. it's me and Gene plugging the hotline first and then uh, interviewing Johnny B. Bad.
1: Johnny get, B. Bad is so cute in this.
0: Yeah, we get a decent baby face promo from yeah. him. we just like, you know, dreams come true. This is reality. It
1: was so cute. I couldn't tell if it was real or if it was a character.
0: I mean, it's a bit of both. I liked it. It's nice to be recognized for, y- for your work. Um, yeah. He does his promo and, like, goes to leave, but clearly they have to, like, plug this, like, restaurant or something. So Johnny Bad he, like, awkwardly shuffles back in, and Gene's like, oh, you know, later, I'm gonna sing Tootie Fruity at this bar for you.
1: I totally missed that.
0: Yeah, they're like, all right, they basically make dinner plans, and that's the end of oh.
1: the promo. That's cute.
0: Let's move on to match number three, which caused some con- a long conversation we had to pause for. It's Road Warrior Hawk versus Kurosawa with Colonel Robert Parker. But the long conversation was, okay, this is Road Warrior Hawk. He's part of the Legion of Doom, not the Dungeon of Doom.
1: I literally wrote down a cheat sheet about the Legion and the Dungeon of Doom. I wrote down, Legion is WWF. Dungeon is WCW. Legion went to WCW and became Road Warriors.
0: It's more flipped. They were the Road Warriors, became the Legion when they went to WWF. They were the Road Warriors first.
1: I'm sticking with my cheat sheet. That is as much as I can handle.
0: Fair. They honestly were the biggest tag team in the world for a lot of the eighties. Like there's literally a thing called a Road Warrior pop based on how popular they were. Mm-hmm. This is only one of them though. This is Hawk. Again, facing Kurosawa, the man who broke his arm in storyline, however long ago. I don't really fully yeah. know. Uh, Clearly enough for Hawk to be 100% because that man does not sell his arm at any point during this match, nor does he really sell anything. No. Hawk enters the ring, starts off hot, hits a neckbreaker, and works over Kurosawa. He goes for the, like, shoulder and into the turnbuckle post spot, and then immediately no-sells it. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Even though I'm like, isn't that the arm you broke? We'll never know. Uh, Hits a gut wrench suplex, then hits a powerbomb. Robert Parker grabs Hawk's ankle, and then Hawk gets slammed. Kurosawa misses a diving elbow and then gets clotheslined to the floor where Hawk hits an apron clothesline to Parker. Then they just kind of wander the way back inside. Kurosawa hits like a interesting like back body drop slam, it looks like. It's, it, it looked impactful and almost accidental, but it still looked pretty good. Yeah. He then hits a Samoan drop and has to like awkwardly scooch Hawk towards the ropes because it's the finish where he puts his feet on the ropes and and Parker holds Kurosawa's foot down to like give him extra leverage which isn't how that pin works.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: And Kurosawa gets the very quick win. Yeah. Real awkward ending moment after that where they like both get up, the bell doesn't ring until it like randomly does and there's no music playing until after the bell. And Kurosawa and Parker just head up the ramp and Hawk celebrates in the ring. It's like
1: I, I took that as, like, everyone else saw the messed up finish, so you're on my side. I, I saw that as, like, a thanks for being on my side sort of celebration. It was... It, it, I didn't see it as, like, celebrating as much as, like, solidarity.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, some of it may have been the camera angles, and also the awkward finish didn't help it, because if he had gotten on the, the ropes, and kind of been pointing, like, oh, I'm going to fucking get you, like, we're not done. Yeah. Like, that would have been something, but he was like, hey, everybody. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah kind of made the whole match feel meaningless.
1: I mean, it was a pretty forgettable match, so it could be meaningless. I mean,
0: the man broke his arm. This this was the first match of them since then.
1: But you would never know that. So yeah. coming into it, I had no idea that his arm was broken.
0: Well, they showed the clip, but that was about uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, this was uh, nothing match, soon to be forgotten. I want to say is back in New Japan pretty shortly thereafter, and uh, apparently the Road Warriors will reunite in January. Oh. Let's move on to what What are the top highlights of tonight? Oh, my God. Backstage, Mean Gene interviewing Randy Savage and
1: uh, yeah.
0: I, honestly, it it's been a while since we just blatantly played a promo, but I if any promo calls for it, it's oh this.
2: My God, yeah. one down, one to go. And you know what? I beat the zodiac yeah. And we had even a little audience participation, yeah, because I'm wild. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you something, Hulk Hogan. I heard what you said about me a few days ago, yeah. And I don't think that you can separate business from friendship. I'm your friend. But if I ever see you in the ring, I can beat you. Don't you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Randy Savage, I know you are... Your mustache is crooked. Your beard is a little sideways, too, but I don't want to get into that. I'm not going to take personal pot shots at you or anybody else. That's not my nature. Get in line, everybody. I'm a little better guy than that, I don't mind telling you. I'm a bigger man. Well, how did we get into this? That's okay, man. Very curious. I'm going to take Lex Luger because I know he's going to beat Ming because I'm going to make sure he does. My curiosity is killing me just like a cat would be killed by the curiosity. Yeah, because of the fact machine versus machine and man versus man doubled and tripled by the exposure of the WCW Heavyweight Championship belt. Don't you think I have a little bit of interest right there? Friendships, friendships, business is business. Hulk Hogan already... Through the line in the sand, I'm just following it up. Yeah. All right, we're going to be watching I'm very gonna closely. Be a participant, and I'm going to be watching too, through the video scope. Yeah.
1: Emily, where do we start? Well, the best part about this promo, personally, is the start of it. Mean Gene is introducing, like, what the segment's going to be. And you just have Randy Savage pacing back and forth. Oh, yeah. In just front, right in, like in out, front of the camera. Right in front of the camera, but just out of frame and then in frame and then out of frame, like from each side.
0: Yeah, like a full like like uh, layer in front of Mean Gene.
1: I was dying laughing at that because he did it like three or four times. I was dying. Well,
0: because Savage talks and then Gene starts to ask him another question. And as you obviously heard, Savage just goes, your mustache is crooked. <laughs>
2: Well, your beard is crooked.
1: How did we get here? Yeah. Every sentence. Even if it was, I don't even know if it was a sentence, but every sent like. Every syllable, syllable in that man's
0: mouth just made us giddy with joy.
1: But whenever whenever Randy Savage would finish a thought or, like, half a thought, he'd go, mm, yeah. Like I know that's a Randy Savage thing, but, like, I noticed it more. Like, let me tell you, Mean G, yeah. This audience in participation, yeah. Like. <laughs>
0: I'm of the opinion this is better than his famous cream of the crop promo. Where the he's, cream of the crop. The only thing is, in that promo, he is just materializing little <laughs> things of cream, and he did not do that in this one.
1: Oh my God. If he
0: had said, The curiosity is killing me, killing me like a cat, and had pulled out a cat, like honestly, like best promo ever. True. That and Who, who You know, Doubt, El Dandy. Like, that's the best two oh promos my we've God. seen.
1: This gave me some more faith in Randy Savage as a wrestler. Because if this is Randy Savage, I love him.
0: This is. This is a lot more Randy Savage. Just manic pixie macho man.
1: (laughs) How do you do the manic pixie dream girl trope with wrestling?
0: No, he's not a dream girl. He's manic pixie (laughs) macho man. (laughs) So so I hope you enjoyed that. Honestly, I was really thinking about that. I'm like, what can we say about this that listening to the promo... Won't say itself. And there's nothing. It's really. No, it really this stands is, for itself. This is beautiful. And. Oh, God. It was really nice to get a dose of the real Randy Savage here.
1: It was nice to know what the hype was about. Yeah. Or at least partially.
0: Speaking of the hype, we get a random match up next. It's JL versus Sabu with Sabu. the original Sheik. And I'm like, what the
1: fuck? This was a wild ride of a match.
0: And, um. Emily, you have permission to do the O.S.W. soundbite, but uh, who is J.L.? Jerry Lynn. Yeah, it's Jerry Lynn versus Sabu match. Like, I, I'm pretty sure this has happened in ECW at some point.
1: Yeah this this would definitely be an ECW match.
0: And yeah, the original Sheik, not the Iron Sheik. Two different men.
1: Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that that was a thing. Like, I didn't know there there were two men.
0: Yeah, I, it's not worth really getting into on mm-hmm. uh, on on this podcast, considering. We will never see how these men wrestle.
1: Fair, 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 fair. We will
0: talk about the the original Sheik a little bit at the end of this. He does come to the ring with a fucking sword.
1: Oh, yeah, like a real sword.
0: Like the sword they went, oh, this type of sword when they were drawing all the swords for Aladdin.
1: Yes, that was the exact thought that I had.
0: Like the line, idiots, we all have swords. This this is the sword they pull out.
1: Yes. There was a touch of racism, I thought, from commentary. I, this is the only one that I noticed. I'm sure there were more because it's Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan.
0: Yeah, this match was so quick it was actually hard to note the commentary. Yeah.
1: But as I, I think it was as the match was happening or right as it started, um, one of them on commentary about um, Sabu and and original Sheik are like, oh, you gotta stay away from those people. Those people are dangerous." Like you could write that off as like, okay, yeah, they have a freaking sword, and sure, they're dangerous, but it also could be like, oh, Middle Eastern. Yeah. However,
0: both of these men are shoot-dangerous, so it's like, oh
1: Listen. There's
0: a non-zero chance that Sabu had a fucking shank in his boot in case business went sideways. Oh, my God. No. no, no. Mm. Really? Yep.
1: Yikes. Match, anyway.
0: Match starts with an insecurity to Sabu, and they bail to the floor. Sabu hits a springboard dive from the middle rope to, out to the floor onto JL and his feet, like, clip-chic. They like, look rough. And then you get a top rope dive to the floor from JL. JL dodges a top rope moonsault and then hits one of his own and followed by a powerbomb. Sabu goes for a vaulting leg drop, but his ass just lands on JL's face, like, totally fucking misses the leg drop yeah. portion. <laughs> like, it, like the, it, it's more so the back of his ass. It's not even like, oh, okay, you made like full contact. Like, the
1: muscle. Like, ugh.
0: And then we just get a very sad, bridging German from JL, where the oh, ref yeah, is like, not much of get your shoulders up before I count this, you yeah. motherfucker.
1: It was a German. I wouldn't necessarily call it a bridge.
0: It was more of an Austrian suplex. It's not quite German. Not
1: quite Germany. Close.
0: We got a top rope, sunset flip, Hurricane Rana type move from Sabu. It was really unique.
1: Yeah, that was cool. That was, that was interesting.
0: Then a springboard dropkick that sends Sabu to the floor, kind of similar to Jericho's like triangle dropkick kind of mm-hmm. move. Finish the match. We get a very short springboard moonsault from Sabu, and he gets the pin. This was a super quick match. That um, it
1: was. It was fun, but I, again, not my favorite. Like based on everything else that's on this card, like not my favorite. But not a lot of selling, even...
0: not a lot of psychology. No, no real story going in. So I was like, right.
1: Oh. However, it's not over yet.
0: No, because uh, after the bell, fucking Sheik just throws a fireball at JL in an unplanned spot getting my shit in brother
1: thank god jl is a masked character right now
0: yeah and he also missed by a little bit so a it, little bit yeah it helped um
1: <laughs> like an honest little bit like i mean could have got his eyebrows
0: correct us if we're wrong on twitter i've read that spot was unplanned it doesn't get them fired but they're sh- they're gone shortly thereafter this is sabu's only pay-per-view match for wcw mm. uh he was taking ecw dates on the side and uh uh yeah and so he uh, that's not cool brother and he got fired and went to ECW where honestly he was more able to thrive there than
1: ECW is way more his speed
0: yeah I have no idea how long Jerry Lynn hangs around for but uh, I know yeah I mean we've seen him in ECW and he'll hang there I think until the end of ECW where he'll show up in WWF and people will be mad if I don't mention that he appears in um, one of the early Smackdown games for PS2 oh I think he did like the mocap for them, so oh, cool. they put him in the game. It's it's something like that.
1: That's cool. I did
0: think this match was a bit of fun, but not super memorable. It
1: was a bit of fun, but it was unnecessary, and it was just too quick to be memorable. The fireball was memorable.
0: At commentary, Tony and Bobby chat about the giant and the Dungeon of Doom's general plans.
1: Their insurance policy.
0: Well, th- they're interrupted by the master. <laughs>
1: my son.
0: I have that in all fucking caps. I, I love the master. The master honestly should be in my boy stable. No. I fucking love how shit this is.
1: We should think about putting together a boy stable of. Um, it's char- the Dungeon
0: of Doom. It, it
1: just the Dungeon of Doom
0: is a boy stable.
1: <laughs> no, I'm thinking we should put together a list of characters in wrestling that are not wrestlers, but deserve a spot in our stable.
0: I feel like you want to put Paul Heyman in there, but he's too good.
1: No, he's not a boy. I'm thinking like Ralphus.
0: Ralphus, Jimmy Hart.
1: Yeah, that—that's the level that I'm on. I love Paul Heyman. I would love to put him in my table, he Ralfus. is too good. the the level I'm on is the master and Ralphus, like those kinds of people.
0: Emily, I want to remind you, we're not done with Ralphus.
1: I forgot until this moment. You're correct.
0: I don't know when he reappears, but motherfucker, I'm so excited for Ralphus. We're gonna
1: lose our minds
0: you'll know what episode because the title is just going to be ralphus in all caps <laughs> so um you asked me who the hell the master is
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh he is basically just like a, a retired wrestler that they hired to come cut promos oh, okay so for some reason i could not find if they're related or not you're aware of prince ikea mm-hmm. this wrestler formerly wrestled as king ikea oh but,
1: but you don't know if there's any relation. I
0: could not find if they're related or not. Huh. I like some were saying yes, some were saying no, and some just like didn't list it at all.
1: Some said yes, some said no, some said yes and no. <laughs> it's the
0: zodiac. <laughs> Sorry, I only asked the zodiac. It was that, uh, that's that was a bad why. source of information. <laughs> all right, is the master a good promo?
1: No, the man needs <laughs> subtitles. <laughs> but he has the right energy. But no, he's not a good promo. Can you? Can you try to cut a
0: master promo right now? I was gonna cut that until you really until <laughs> you kept it going I'm like, Yeah, you know you're not wrong. That's pretty good, eh? <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> oh god. Well, I'll laugh my ass off. You know who's fucking close to laughing their ass off in this promo is Kevin Sullivan. fucking Sullivan because he just kept he staring, is at staring him. away. That man is like is like the the man is basically like doing the thing of like you have to like bite your cheek to not bust out laughing because he's so fucking close. And I don't know if it's him or. The master, who is like the Dungeon of Doom's monster truck, is the way better than Hulk. Oh Hogan's. no, that was the master. <laughs> I think both of them do it. I, I just couldn't remember if the master did as but well. The whole
1: time during this problem, we were staring at Sullivan being like, "Don't, don't laugh, man. Yeah. Don't break. Don't
0: crack." <laughs> and and I guess the master says it first because he's like, "The insurance policy, the yeti. and it was like, ah,
1: the yeti. And Tony Schiavone just runs with that. That is how you say Yeti now. It's Yete. Well,
0: I, I had thought that on the Nitro before this, that the ice had like cracked. Like, oh shit, the Yeti's here. No, the ice explodes and you see the Yeti or the Yete doing the whole. Yeah.
1: So it's not really a surprise of who the Yete or but what it, the Yete well, is. Well, it's
0: shot in like far away kind of shot.
1: But it's not a Yeti.
0: We'll, we'll, Emily, we'll get there.
1: It's a mummy, man.
0: Well, I'll make a brief mention of this. They keep talking about, like, he's the insurance policy. Mm -hmm. Keep that in mind. The only bit to note here is they are in the middle of teasing a Hulk Hogan heel turn. And Sullivan's like, okay, you know, all the, like, top baby faces, like, they're vultures going after your title. Which, like, all of them are kind of mentioning, like, yeah, I do want the title. Like, that's the top prize. Like, I don't care that Hulk, I don't care that a good guy has it. I want to be champion. Yeah. Like, Savage notes that in his promo. Luger's constantly noting that. So, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. We go from that to the first World War Three ad. Oof. And, uh, yeah, it's the first one of these. I don't know. If you've forgotten, it's three rings, 20 men in each ring, and it's a whole battle royal. Tony tries to note what it is. He kind of undersells it.
1: His, he says, like, there's one giant in every ring, which I forgot about.
0: Yeah, I forgot they were already hyping that. Yeah. Because it kind of comes up in story that that's the plan but Tony starts by saying, okay, they're all going to wrestle for the title. And then midway through pitching it, he goes, okay, they're all wrestling for a title shot. Oh. I think he spoiled things because they are all wrestling for the title. And they went, oh, wait, no, they shouldn't know that yet. Oh. So, title like, shot. I, like, in his ear, it's like, oh, title shot.
1: Uh, okay. That would
0: make sense. We had a little bit of a lull here in our next match. The uh, But the fun kind of gets sucked out for this match more than anything Just else. for this match. It is Meng with the Taskmaster, a.k.a. Kevin Sullivan, versus Lex Luger. Story for Lex Luger going into this match, not yeah, story of this no, match. No, there's no story of this match. like, okay, is Luger joining the Dungeon of Doom? Never. Well, oh. He's
1: a babyface, I think, like, isn't he? Am I right with that? Yeah, I
0: mean, he's kind of more in the middle, admittedly, because he, like, joined Hogan's team in the last pay-per-view, like, Look, I'll join your team, but, like, I want a fucking title shot, and...
1: Okay, I read this more as, like, the Dungeon of Doom being, like, Death Eaters, and Lex Luger being Harry Potter going, never!
0: Oh, no, that's not this at all. No? Okay. No, this is... That was the vibe I got. This is Lex Luger being a sketchy motherfucker. People going,
1: are you heel-turning? He's
0: like, no! Uh, Okay. (laughs) What? I I would never... Come on! Me? So Luger starts on offense and Meng really doesn't want to sell until he's catapulted into the corner. And in a weird spot, Meng goes for a small package. I'm like, yeah, you're like a killer kind of character. Okay. (laughs) Luger clotheslines Meng to the floor and rams him twice into the ring post and commentary notes a bunch that it's like, oh, the Taskmaster is really leaving Lex Luger alone. It's like, usually he'd be all over interfering in this match and he's not.
1: That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know why he was there, to be honest, just (laughs) to be there. Because
0: because he's part of the finish of the match.
1: Exactly. But other than that, yeah, he didn't really make his presence known. He wasn't really needed.
0: Yeah. Meng bites Luger's face and Meng turns over a back suplex from Luger and gets a two and then hits a real nice shoulder breaker. We'd be remiss if we did not mention Lex Luger's selling noises in this match. I feel like it's required by law. You've heard him in OSW. You know what they sound like. Any others, Emily? Oh! I really want I really want like Wilhelm screams spliced into Lex Luger matches
1: Oh my god I would die if I heard a Wilhelm scream in wrestling
0: if it, Look if it didn't happen on this show It's never happened.
1: God, this, this show was just such a fever dream
0: Meng works Luger over in the corner Then it's a pile driver But Luger kicks out You get a long rest hold until Luger fights out And they hit a double cross body against each other Luger ends up on the outside and like and keeps trying to get back in the ring and Meng's just like kicking him off and I'm like
1: no I'm like, is that allowed? I guess.
0: Doesn't seem like it should be.
1: I don't know. It doesn't seem like it shouldn't be with like the track record of the you know, referees and disqualifications and stuff. Like that seems tame compared to everything else.
0: On commentary, Tony and Bobby chat about a business deal that Bobby was working on. Like, oh yeah, we saw you with this Japanese gentleman. Sandy Ono. Yes, I spoiled that for you. Yes, he did. Uh, this is all setting up uh, the pay-per-view of Starcade this year, mm. where they did a, very similar to Forbidden Door in 2022, they did a uh-huh. WSW versus New Japan show.
1: Oh, so very similar to Forbidden Door. Yeah. Identical to Forbidden Door. Yeah.
0: <laughs> in all honesty, in my opinion, it kind of kills the momentum of storylines a little bit, knowing what I know about this timeline, but... Yeah. I don't think Hogan even wrestles on that show, but... I guess you know he would already wrestled Yokozuna, so you know that's t- that's totally Japanese enough, right? Yeah,
1: that's that's enough. That's, you know, in his large, book, he wrestled all of Japan.
0: Yeah, you know, large, large Samoan man. That, that's uh, that's j- that's Japan, right?
1: Yeah. God.
0: I oh, guess yeah, so there was a match going on. Um,
1: oh yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Commentary forgot to.
0: Luger starts to come back, hits a power slam, and uh, Ben gets his golden spike out of his like thigh wraps, or sorry, I guess it, out of his calf wraps. And then just, like, hits it on Luger in front of the ref. and That's fine. He goes to pin him, and and Kevin Sullivan runs in and just lightly taps Luger on the shoulder with his foot. The
1: lightest little tap.
0: I was like, DQ.
1: DQ, it's over. Like, that's, we're going to DQ that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so Luger wins by DQ. I guess we didn't reiterate that he had to win to face Savage later tonight.
1: But they never really explain why the Dungeon of Doom needed that to happen.
0: They really don't know I
1: figure that's why even Sullivan in the came even in, in, in the
0: upcoming weeks, they don't
1: well, so this just makes Sullivan look like an idiot, yeah,
0: pretty much um, this was a slow match followed by a very weird ending, and it's like
1: this was a catch up match for me. this was like a reset and get gather my thoughts, <laughs> write down notes that I missed,
0: yeah, this was this was nothing no like it did it dragged quite a bit yes. it. it as fun as this show was, this was like a, oh, okay, yeah, sorry. This it, was a break match. It, it, it's still WCW.
1: It's, it's a pee break match.
0: We go backstage, Mean Gene interviews the Giant, and he Giant puts on his big boy voice trying to sound intimidating.
1: Oh my God, the vocal fry on this man. I am the Giant! Yeah, he doesn't
0: really say much of note. I think everyone's main takeaway from this is him going, WCW Championship on the belt. Hogan, you're mine, and don't forget it. It's like, WCW Championship on the belt?
1: (laughs) I don't know. He was just so excited. He's a child. He's a seven-foot child. He's a big baby.
0: Moving on, we get what's advertised as a tag team match where it is Sting with advertised Ric Flair versus Flying Brian Pillman and, for the first time wrestling on the podcast, Hunky Arn Anderson.
1: (laughs) Is this the first time we see him on the podcast? Wrestling, yeah. He has
0: not wrestled, honestly, in our timeline, since, like, 97. What a hunk. He was looking fairly hunky here. Not ashamed to say it.
1: He is a hunk. I. He's he's another one of those guys that I see as, like, a perpetual old man. Like, he's never been young. He was
0: fairly bald here, too.
1: Like, him, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, they've never been young men.
0: Was Brian Pillman a hunk to you?
1: Oh, Brian Pillman was absolutely a hunk. Oh. Oh, Yeah. So this is the match where I was like, oh, we got to do time to blade because this is the Ric Flair match. So (laughs) Nick humored me.
0: I I was trying to talk you out of it, too. I'm like, "Eh, you were.
1: But I was like, come on, we got to play our games. We never get a chance to play our games anymore. So I said my time to blade was four minutes because the matches had been short. Nick's time to blade was he comes out bleeding. So again, he's playing along. Nick does a good job (laughs) acting and lying to me. I don't know how to read that.
0: Well, oh, because when Sting comes out, Ric Flair is not there with us. Yes, him. even though they like name him first, and you were very distraught about that.
1: Yeah, they they announced Ric Flair and Sting walks out, and then they announced Sting. I'm like, well, why did they announce Ric Flair if he's not coming?
0: Yeah, I feel like you really missed a chance to hear Sting's theme song because it's a literally the song is called "A Man Called Sting." It's like oh. he does this, he does that.
1: Were they playing that? Yeah. Oh, I did miss it.
0: We had no Ric Flair to be seen, and the crowd is a little bit annoyed because there's a lot of We Want Flair chants. Oh, yeah, there are. To the point where I'm almost wondering, did they send Flair out early because of how often they were chanting? Maybe.
1: Because they did have, spoiler, they did have Ric Flair on the apron for a long time.
0: Yeah, we'll get him here pretty soon. Uh, Sting fights off both men on his own pretty well. There's a nice spot of... Sting has Arn in a full Nelson, and Arn like, goes to like walk up the ropes, trying to flip over, and Sting just drops him. Like, what yeah. was he doing Like, yeah, no. 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 <laughs> like, it was a nice, smart kind of move.
1: Sting is good in this match. You
0: get a face buster from Sting, and he clears both men from the ring. Pillman baits Sting outside, but Sting manages to, like, oh, no, I see the trap you're doing. Exactly.
1: Sting is a smart wrestler, even in K Fabe. Well, well. He is. <laughs> <laughs> Because he gets got doesn't mean that he's not smart.
0: Pillman offers a handshake and Sting is like, I accept, and then just kicks Pillman in the stomach like, yeah, Yeah. you're not falling for your bullshit. He's smart. He then press slams him, which involves the ref like hopping out of the way for some reason. Like, (laughs) where are you going, dude? You were fine where you were.
1: Is this when Randy Anderson like got on the ropes? Yeah. Why?
0: And then blocked Arn's corner. Yeah. What
1: What are you, Randy? Get the hell out of here.
0: Arnold gets tagged in and gets catapulted into Pillman, who's going up top, and Pillman gets crotched on the top rope. This is where we get Ric Flair coming out in just long pants, no top on him.
1: Breaking his mother's heart. I say that too much. So, I did take time note of this this match. Obviously, I lost because... It's like six minutes in. Six in, right? minutes and 22 seconds Yeah, is when Ric Flair comes out. So, obviously, I lost the time to Blade, but he came out with a Band-Aid. So, I was like, oh, maybe Nickel win the time to Blade.
0: Yeah, this match goes about 16 minutes just for scale of the yeah. rest of this match. Yeah. Because the rest of this match is basically...
1: Sting getting destroyed.
0: Yeah. Well, Also, when Flair comes out, he, like, loses his shoe at one point and, like... Puts it back on, it, like struts on the apron, trying to like slide the shoe fully back on. And I'm like, I...
1: He comes out in street clothes. Like he's not in wrestling gear, Ric Flair. Well, yeah, the no, first no thing he does is rip his shirt off. Is he wearing the he's shirt? He's wearing a shirt when he oh, comes down. Oh, I thought down. he came
0: down topless. No.
1: The first thing he does the second he gets on the ring apron is rip his shirt off. So immediately in my head I was like, oh my god, it's gonna be that segment again. He's gonna take all <laughs> of his fucking clothes off.
0: Flair does come into the ring at one point and like hits Arn with his shoe, like takes it off like whack. Hey. <laughs> Arn tosses Brian onto Sting, but Sting gets his knees up, and Sting goes for the hot tag, but Arn stops him. Sting manages to get over to his corner to tag in Flair, but Flair is busy chasing Pillman around the outside. Yeah. Pillman bites Sting's face in a spot that looks like way more vicious.
1: There's a lot of Be- face biting in this. Well, it show. doesn't matter
0: if, like, it's one thing going for the forehead. Pillman was, like, going for the fucking nose. I'm like, ah.
1: Yeah. But between this and Meng, I'm like, guys, keep your mouths to yourself, please. COVID. COVID.
0: Hills <laughs> continue to work over Sting. And the story of this match at this point is just blue balling the crowd. Yes. Because they're, like, ready for every flare hot, hot, tag, tag, hot, like, tag, hot <gasps> tag. No. No.
1: Oh, maybe now, maybe now. no.
0: And I do it like six times. Arn hits a spine buster and Flair like comes in to break up the pin, but Arn like backs off before he can get kicked and it's like okay. Sting gets worked over some more and gets put into submission hold as Rick Flair is telling him stand tall.
1: It's funny. At this point in the match, there is no paint on Sting's face anymore. Yeah.
0: He's he's yelling for Rick in a real awkward spot of like,
1: "Nah." nature hey, boy. boy it's like what the fuck so desperate
0: it, it just felt so phony as opposed to yelling for like Rick Rick or, yeah thats yeah. that was the
1: thing like why are you why are you yelling his ring name yeah like, or yeah, like yeah, Rick or not
0: even his ring name his his ring nickname, nickname yeah. yeah and it was just like it's it also just the like cadence of how he yelled it it's like it uh this feels weird
1: yeah it did.
0: Arn gets Sting in a bear hug, but uh, would you believe it, after the two arm drops, Sting comes to life, second time we saw this spot tonight. Yeah,
1: love a bear hug.
0: But Pillman cuts him off from making the tag. Sting fires up and manages to actually fight off both men. And makes it over his corner, hits the tag. Rick Rick's Flair in. hits the ropes, bounces off, and punches Sting fucking swerve.
1: Oh my god, it got me so good. Yeah,
0: I knew it was coming. I was like, Emily's so hyped for this tag, she doesn't fucking know.
1: I, I got so got.
0: The three horsemen stomp Sting down, and Sting gets fired up because his whole thing was, I swear, Rick Flair, if you cross me, I am yeah. gonna murder you.
1: He's gonna make right on that promise. I remember like you looking over at my face when this happened, and then like typing furiously in your notes. I was like, "Oh, you're making a note on my fucking face." No,
0: not really. I just, I just knew how excited you were for it because there's also been a whole Ric Flair Arn Anderson storyline going on, Mm -hmm. and commentary just kind of noted this as it's going. Like, was that all just a ruse? Like, was that any of that for real for them? Like,
1: it was a ruse. It was a ploy.
0: So the bell rings at some point. They It's ruled, I guess, a no contest. Like, the 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 match here was more or less a very long story point. And uh, they just beat the shit out of Sting. And then we we, uh, we throw to Gene, who's on the stage. He's like, all right, you know, the hotline's a thing. But, like, I want to talk to these men to figure out what the fuck's going on.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, Ric Flair takes the mic, cuts a pretty good Ric Flair promo. We
1: don't get a mean Wu
0: that Gene, though. No, we don't. He's like, you know, you don't jump on Double A. You don't mess with Flying Brian. And basically, you know.
1: You don't cross Ric Flair. Yeah.
0: He tries to gesture to Brian Pillman like, do you want to say anything? And Pillman just like, ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> he's like, oh, you, you had nothing tonight, did that's you? It. He cuts a decent promo on Nitro the next night, too. Oh, that's, that's good. That's a sad thing. Uh, he
1: probably got shit for not having anything to say in this segment.
0: Yeah. Arn cuts a pretty good promo of like, people have been asking me, when are the four horsemen coming back? You wanted this. You're going to get it. I don't care. It's not the way you want it kind of thing.
1: And that's an interesting take on it. You wanted this. This is your fault.
0: It's like we're one step closer to this. Uh, I looked up who becomes the fourth horseman because there's only three right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the start of Benoit on the horseman.
1: Oh. When does Mongo become a horseman?
0: Shortly thereafter. I don't really know how they, um, you know. I
1: thought Mongo was before Benoit.
0: No, Benoit beats him out by a little bit. It's not too far apart, though. Malenko is a little bit later. Okay. Gene notes that this is like the worst thing he's ever seen. It's like, relax, dude.
1: This is the worst thing you've ever seen? You've been in wrestling for a long time, sir. <laughs>
0: wait, wait, wait till 1996 with Hogan. Jesus. Oh. He, he also notes that, like, Bobby Heenan, you probably knew this was coming. It's like,
1: what? You think Bobby Heenan's like in on this?
0: <laughs> on commentary, Tony again wonders if this is all part of the plan. I guess, thoughts on this whole match and segment?
1: Oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah! I thought the story was great. I thought the like realization of the story was great. I thought the execution of the twist was great. Like, it was awesome.
0: I think the match went a little longer than it had to, considering because like yeah, that whole it's ten or eleven minutes of them faking tags to Flair, and then he just gets in and it's over. Like you know, it's like yeah, which credit to them for not doing the weird Ric Flair tags in and wrestles armed for a little bit and then does the swerve. But I'm like, it didn't need to go this long. No, you're
1: right. It could have gone 10 minutes and been fine.
0: Yeah. Honestly, Rick could have come down, gotten the tag, and done it, and it would have been fine. People do point out that this makes Sting look like a fucking idiot. This is the third time that Rick Hiflair has turned on Sting in favor of the Horseman. It's like, when the fuck are you going to learn, dude?
1: Yeah, I didn't realize this is like a...
0: It, I mean, listen, it's been four years, but yeah, cause he did it in, like, 1990, 1994, and also, like, they've been feuding for, like, 10 years, too, it feels like, so, Jeez. yeah, it's the third time that they just, like, at one point, they, like, brought him into the horsemen just to turn on him kind of thing. I don't know Horse why Ric Flair hates Sting so understand. much. I
1: understand. I did love seeing Surfer Sting, though. That was fun.
0: Yeah, it definitely was very different than, the sting, than the sting we see. Yeah. So I, I did watch the two Nitros that came after this, and they do do Sting versus Ric Flair on one of them, and Sting wins and does a thing where, like, he has his finisher, which is basically the sharpshooter, it's Scorpion Deathlock, and he wins, and is like, no, I'm not taking this off, fuck this dude, I'm gonna, like, basically kill him. Good. And, like, faces come out, and they are like, no, 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 like- No, me, brother, don't. Like, oh, so he releases, then goes back and does it, yeah. and- in a really kind of interesting bit of story, Lex Luger comes in, just kind of like very quietly talks to him and Sting like, "Let's go," because like they're
1: they're real they're friends. Like, yeah, that's they're your, they're like best friends. Boy. Yeah,
0: it's just like whatever. It's like, whatever he said, it, it's like yeah. And so, kind of forwards that story yeah. and also follows through on the if you turn on me, I'm gonna I'm like going murder to kill you. you. Yeah.
1: God, story follow through. What a concept. I know. Ugh.
0: Well, speaking of Lex Luger, we go backstage to an interview with him where. I think he's reading his promo because he enunciates some phrases weird.
1: I couldn't tell.
0: It was very vague. He wasn't blatantly looking down, but they may have just actually been like, all right, let's put the uh, cue cards closer Behind to the, the camera. Because <laughs> he definitely enunciates some phrases wrong in like terms of like- I honestly
1: the, didn't listen to this like, promo too closely. I did.
0: I, I didn't t- take super notes on it, but it was like sentence structure. He's like, he'd be like it's you and me right now. And yeah, like just that that pause of like the end of a card. card, Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) he has had a couple points, but um, he was saying his main goal was like not like I'm here to win the WCW title. Like I'm not your friend, Hogan. So
1: I'm not your friend, brother.
0: I'm not your friend, guy.
1: Dude, brother Jack, brother dude.
0: And Emily, it is time for our non-official main event.
1: Fucking go. man becoming truck truck becoming man
0: (laughs) you turn to me and you're like i can't take notes on this i just need to watch i just need to take it in (laughs) you do experience this
1: and i did i did just that well i didn't take a note i took a note at the end of it
0: it's now time for the monster truck sumo match oh my god we get a long promo package because we don't get one for the main event this is setting it all up the, ah, uh, it's not hot. The giant emerging. He's the son of Andre, brother.
1: Oh, no. His dad's
0: shirt. Which, can we talk about that? Okay,
1: so when they say it's his dad's shirt, do they mean it's the shirt from Princess Bride? Yes. God. I don't know why. You could have thrown, like, his singlet. Like, that's more wrestling, Well, Andre. no, he, I think he's
0: meant to be wearing his dad's singlet. Oh. Okay. Considering it's when, meant to be like identical. So when
1: was this versus when did Princess Bride come out? Because I honestly don't remember the dates on that. <sighs>
0: Okay, um Princess Bride was nineteen eighty
1: seven. Okay, so almost ten years ago.
0: Andre passed away in ninety
1: three. Was that shirt iconic enough to be like that's no, clearly Andre's no, shirt? No. I love that movie, so like I would see that as like, oh yeah, that's his shirt.
0: No, you uh, you know it in context. If you saw yeah. that shirt in the wild, you'd be like what?
1: Yeah, exactly. The
0: only thing that might give it away is the general size of the shirt. But no, yes. it's not that prominent. It's a matter of Andre didn't have a prominent shirt. He didn't have prominent fucking Eddie gear. It was because like, he
1: was too big. He couldn't fit in anything.
0: Yeah, so um, during this promo, we see that not once, but twice, the giant snapped Hogan's neck.
1: Yeah, like murder snaps. <laughs> it's like, what the f-
0: he did it once and he's like, oh, he comes out in the fucking neck brace.
1: And then he does it again. I was wondering why he had the neck brace and the shaved beard.
0: Well, shaved or mustache, mustache yeah.
1: yeah. But I mean, it was all answered for me.
0: Well, they were like, in the most vicious attack. It's like, yeah. I think they were talking about the mustache. Because that but was also involving the neck. second neck snap, yeah.
1: Batman should be dead.
0: So this is when they're like, yeah, Hogan might be turning to the dark side because he's wearing all black now. And they've been teasing it because, yeah, Hogan was not getting the massive cheers he used to be getting. And so they're kind of like, should we turn
1: him? But this is not even anywhere near the start of the NWO.
0: No, they won't debut for another like nine months. Yeah.
1: So uh, that's what I thought it was when he came out. Like, I didn't see anything weird about him coming out in all black because I'm so used to him in the NWO gear. So I was like, oh, this is just him starting to wear the NWO shit.
0: I mean, at the next pay-per-view, he literally comes out in the all black and then takes it off and is like, oh, yeah, I'm wearing red.
1: Cool. Glad yeah. we, glad we except, spent time on except
0: this. Except the camera shot in that is only from the waist up because he's wearing the red pants because oh, he didn't want to have tear away. Yeah. It, yeah. So they just show him do that and then they pull out. He's wearing the red pants. Like, okay. Well, you already had that the whole time. Yeah. In this promo package is our an uh, additional mention of the Yeti.
1: The <laughs> Yeti. I'm just
0: like, fuck, yes.
1: It's coming soon.
0: We get a commentary swap. Bobby's still there, but Tony Schiavone is replaced by Eric Bischoff and Bob Chandler.
1: Okay, so... Bob Chandler has never felt more out of place. like no, this Bob Chandler not is just here. there
0: because he knows about Sumo trucks and I think he
1: he built those sumo trucks. Hes
0: at least it's at least said he built them. I don't know that he actually. I'm kind of based on those lack of charisma, I'm kind of assuming he did.
1: Wait a minute. We missed something. where we missed the Harley giveaway. Oh shit. <laughs> we didn't talk about the motorcycle giveaway earlier, oh, cause it
0: was so crucial. It
1: was wonderful.
0: Holy fuck! Oh, yeah, no nope, I see it in my notes now. Yep, I uh, 100 percent fucking missed <laughs> it. My leave my brain maybe just read it. And went that's that wasn't important. It's it's effectively a Hulk Hogan promo in the middle. of Them giving away a fucking Harley Davidson. Read
1: like Disney World to me. So you know how in I Disney didn't get why. So when you go to Disney World and you have these like magical moments with the princesses or the characters or something, and they make you to make you feel like you're part of it, like you are crucial to the story. Hulk Hogan was doing that with the dude who won the Harley. Was
0: he? Because yes. Hulk Hogan was literally blocking him from the camera, okay, cutting the his promo, talking about Cadillac Jack, brother.
1: Cadillac Jack was another character. <laughs> no, there was a point in this promo where Hulk Hogan looks to the guy, I think his name is Mike, and is like, I'm so glad I have the support of Mike because it's people no, like Mike that I no, need to help he, me with no, this. That's not yes, what he, he did. said.
0: He said, Maniac Mike.
1: Sorry. You can even remember that this segment happened. You can shut up. <laughs> but no, that's what I mean by it being Disney. Like it's it's a larger than life character making someone feel like they are part of it. Like Hulk is very much like I need Mike to help me through this. I need the power of Mike to get me through this. Like that's what I mean. It felt very Disney. Yeah.
0: So it's it's um the interview. The whole interview is Gene interviewing Hogan. Jimmy Hart's there. Doesn't say reason. anything. Um, Cadillac Jack, who is somebody.
1: Cadillac Jack owns the um, Harley dealership. Well, his there, name donated. isn't Jack.
0: It's like Tony something. No, yeah,
1: his name is Tony, and his Tony wife, like, Mama
0: Luke or whatever. His
1: wife is like Barbara or something. No,
0: it's not his wife. It's somebody else who works for Harley Davidson.
1: Whatever, it doesn't matter.
0: And then uh Maniac Bikes' fiance, who is front and center to start and doesn't say a fucking nope. word. I thought it was
1: his daughter.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you thought it was the guy in back, thought like, oh wait, no, this guy won. No. Whoever the woman is from, from Holly Davidson gives him, like, here's some uh, T-shirts and hats, and you have to fucking come to our store to get your, like, get other prizes. No, it wasn't the pipe. It was like, oh, here's, like, an extra exhaust and some other shit. And it's like, D- I'm, I'm here now. What Give the me. fuck?
1: Bring your shit, brother. Yeah. But I just like that they threw a little bit of extra spin on it and like made it to be more of a thing than like than like Road Wild. Yeah, like, hey, Road Wild was a- such a throwaway. Oh fuck! What was his name? I I forgot his name. Oh, it's like fucking something stupid Italian, like Tony Pajamas or something. I don't know.
0: No, it wasn't. It was not Tony <laughs> Pajamas. It was not pajamas.
1: On- Anyway, yeah, I just wanted to like bring us back to that moment. Why, why
0: are you preventing us from getting from the Monstrux Sumo match, Emily?
1: Because I just want, I wanted Maniac Mike to have his moment.
0: We probably, we're talking about Bob Chandler. Anyway. Yeah. I'm guessing what this was is Bob Chandler actually built that fucking truck, and it was like, okay, this is like your chance to get credit probably, for it. Probably, yeah. Because he didn't say much of note. He goes over the specs, and I just kind of don't give a shit.
1: Yeah. Well, we're not car people. No. Yeah, that's why we
0: don't care. And is like, oh, know you like gearheads want to fucking know. I'm like, I don't give a shit. You're not a gearhead. But we then go to the roof next door and a very, very insecure ref gives the rules of this match. Oh, yeah, match. He
1: was, he, even he was confused. He's like,
0: "Um, oh, you have to uh... go. <laughs> I'm sorry, I like slipped into Rick and Morty there.
1: Oh <laughs> gee, Rick. Aw, gee, Hogan.
0: Yeah, so you have to push your opponent to where both axles are outside of whatever this circle is. I didn't really see a tape line or anything. Uh, and this will come up very briefly because Hogan gets pushed out at some point And I'm like, where's the line? No, I guess he's fine because it's still going. He's fine. <laughs> he's like, okay, uh, there's also random charges around the circle. I don't really know what the point of these are. It's meant to be like... Power-ups or vice-versa.
1: Okay, yeah, I was really confused by the charges because the way that he described it, it sounded like we were playing Mario Kart and you needed to get these to boost yourself. Well, the
0: way I read it is like, these charges might stall you out, but it hits Hogan's truck and he like gets superpowers then. Right. And on commentary, Bob Chandler's like, yeah, if that hits the uh, fuel tank, um, they're going to be dead. I'm
1: dead, they're <laughs> up in flames. Like, yeah, I think
0: he said they're goners. I'm like, yeah,
1: <laughs> so I couldn't tell if it, was a, if it was a good thing or a bad thing if he hit the charge
0: match starts yeah Hogan almost match, go- Hogan almost <laughs> goes out but they don't show how close he was he gets his back wheels out but a charge goes off and he manages to recover Hogan hits a big boot leg drop pin oh shit big boot uh, no. no sorry force a habit um <laughs> uh, he does win though he just pushes giant out <laughs>
1: I hate you sometimes. Calling this a match also is um, gratuitous at best. I don't know how long
0: this went, honestly. What what else is there to say about the contents of this match other than- I was
1: than so excited Hogan for this almost
0: match. Wo- Hogan almost lost and then he won.
1: I was so excited for this match. My only note for this match is, oh man, that was lame. Yeah, I don't know what you thought. Like, I don't know what I thought. I,
0: you know, as it was starting, you're like, did they ever do this again? And I'm like, fucking watch this. You'll know if they do or don't.
1: It was a bummer. It could have been so cool. Like, the way they did it at the very beginning of the show. You're right. That should have been the match. the like, jawing back and forth. But this was lame.
0: And, yeah, to answer your question earlier, why did they, like, weld them together? It's because they don't want to actually damage either of the trucks.
1: Yeah. They probably had to return them or put them in, like, an expo or something.
0: Yeah. Because, honestly, I would have accepted... Just do, do it either way where you can just, like, film two endings or film an ending after... Where you don't even have show the two men in the truck. Yeah, just have like two dudes do a like a monster truck thing where they are. Right, you got to tip the other.
1: Yeah, that'd be great.
0: Yeah, but no.
1: No, we don't get that. We just get kind of nothing. Anyway, out of the truck now. It's mano a mano.
0: <laughs> yes, because the the giant is furious. And he gets out, and by gets out, I mean he's already out of his truck. They don't cut to either men actually getting out of the truck, uh, which makes you think, I'm like, yeah, they weren't in it. Yeah, maybe not. He goes after Hogan and is like, I'm going to fucking murder Hulk Hogan and try to throw him off the roof. Hogan fights him off, and they manage to get up top, like right at the ledge. Hogan knocks Giant's arms off of his throat, and the Giant falls back off of the top of Kobo Hall.
1: So he's dead.
0: On commentary, Bobby Heenan is like, did he fall out on the water side or the, or, the, or the parking lot side? Eric Bischoff's like, well, it's a river or a parking lot. doesn't matter. It's like,
1: well, it's
0: five stories, but still. like, You, you would
1: still break a lot of bones falling into a river. Like, not prepared, I, I feel like. That's pretty high. Well, maybe
0: what Eric Bischoff knows is that um, even the riverside has about 30 yards of uh, concrete where a parking lot is. Oof. That is not up against the water by any... Well, maybe by a little stretch, but um, it's not direct... You can't fall off the roof into, into the, water. the water. no. <laughs> Unless you get Falcon Punched via <laughs> Super Smash Bros. into the water, you're hitting the concrete, <laughs> which actually does make sense for something a little bit later.
1: <laughs> Emily,
0: thoughts on the Monster Trucks 2, Momash? Oh, it
1: was underwhelming as fuck. Let's keep going.
0: Commentary is flabbergasted after this. Like, Bobby they don't... is beside himself.
1: Yes. Bobby is like this is the best acting I've ever seen this man do. He honestly thought that Andre the Giant's son has just died.
0: Yes, because later on, Bobby does kind of point that out where it's like, he calls Tony out for not really caring that a man is oh, yeah, died. Tony,
1: yeah, while Bobby is doing the acting performance of a lifetime, Tony could not care less. Tony's
0: like, there's a show going on here, folks. Uh, and Bobby's like, you don't know how far back I go with his dad. Like, this matters a lot to me. And I'm like, that's some good fucking storytelling. That Bobby Heenan would care a lot because it's his friend's son.
1: Yeah, because you said that Bobby Heenan was the manager for Andre the Giant at
0: various points. Yeah. yeah, like like during that WrestleMania main event, it's Bobby's in his corner. Yeah, commentary is very distracted for the next match, which Bobby is very distracted. I mean, both of them are just Bobby's mm-hmm. more distracted. It's Lex Luger versus Randy Savage, and a man has died, and we're just moving on.
1: Yeah. Like we're not gonna worry about the fact that there may not be a main event. Like someone is potentially very, very dead, and we're just gonna keep going. It's fine.
0: Savage does not come out in his entrance gear, but still has his wrapped arm from earlier, which we did not note because the match was so quick. Yeah,
1: did uh, he hurt his arm?
0: Yes, he has a legitimate arm injury. Oh. He'll have it for a little while, and and the main reason this arm injury is famous is because at World War Three, Hogan holds up a piece of paper and is like, "Observe this, brother." referencing the wrestling observer and like this is a rag sheet and burns like macho's not injured like yeah he was oh but like yeah a direct reference to the wrestling observer on live pay-per-view he's like oh great i love this That's free promo yeah (laughs) but yeah there's a match going on uh luger offers a handshake early on savage declines the offer and goes on offense and Jimmy Hart suddenly comes out to ringside early on. Luger beats down Savage's commentary, just kind of like, all right, can we get an update? Like, what the fuck's going on? How long have-
1: to get an update, we just got to go outside. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Bobby just desperately is like,
1: someone, H- anything- how
0: hard can it be to get a fucking update? Right. And Tony's like, ah, oh, you know, arm drag there.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Savage finally gets some offense again on the outside, he goes up top for a top rope axe handle, and Jimmy Hart suddenly gets on the apron. Luger goes for a cheating pin, but the ref completely misses it in a weird spot. Luger then gets thrown into Jimmy Hart after they've been jawing on the apron for quite a while, and Savage hits the top rope elbow drop and wins. Like, yeah, it was like five minutes. It was like oh, it was
1: pretty quick, yeah.
0: And I guess you know, well, Savage wrestled a minute earlier, but he's injured and
1: right. And like yeah,
0: Luger yeah. went like fifteen minutes, so yeah. this was eh
1: again like, forgettable.
0: Like a, yeah, well. It wasn't bad. This match will be 100% forgotten based on where it is. Like, you can't In focus on this. In the car? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, after this, it goes back to commentary, and Bobby is just fucking losing his mind. Yeah. Like, I will beg you for an update. And, like, he, like, tries to go to leave, and it's like, there's, like, 80 people blocking the door. I can't get out there.
1: Yeah. It took me two hours to get outside.
0: Yeah, which prompts a replay of the murder.
1: <laughs> when you put it like that...
0: And let's move on to our main event.
1: It's Michael Buffer time. It's
0: Hulk Hogan with Jimmy Hart versus question mark. It's Michael Buffer time. And um, he starts to bring out the giant. And then Hulk Hogan's music plays. And it's just like, oh, no, never mind. Here's Hulk Hogan. Hogan grabs the mic from Buffer and says, like, what happened out there wasn't supposed to happen. And I'm like, are you going for, like, a work shoot kind of thing? Yeah. Or are you just saying that, like, okay, it was just supposed to be a sumo match, like, not somebody dying?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know.
0: And then he's interrupted by the Dungeon and Doom's music hits. And who comes out, Emily?
1: The giant.
0: And who should have come out, Emily?
1: The giant.
0: The fucking insurance policy.
1: You had
0: a character uh, calling referencing the insurance policy. You had a man die. They you didn't bring know in the, him for this. They
1: didn't know that the giant was immortal. They didn't need insurance policy. They had the policy and they didn't know they didn't need it. They already... They didn't know.
0: The giant comes out, though, not wet at all.
1: Not wet, not scratched.
0: Which means he did not go in the river. No. He landed on the concrete.
1: So he should be flat. <laughs>
0: he should be Mike TV at the end of the, like, t- 2000s Charles the Chaga factory.
1: Did he have flattened? Is For some reason,
0: thing? yeah. Because he, t- he was in TV, so he's just, like, 2D.
1: Oh, yeah, they couldn't get him out in 3D, so they got him out in 2D. Yeah. Oh, that was a weird movie.
0: In my brain, it was Violet Beauregard- because she does like the whole gymnastic stupid shit on the way out of that movie. I don't like that movie as much for what it's worth.
1: Fair. Well, she gets blown up. She gets blown into like a human sized berry sort of thing. She gets juiced. Well, they have to juice her because she's so big and yeah. full of juice. Yes. They juice her. And anyway. then she's, they juiced her too much, so now she's very springy.
0: That's how that works.
1: They took her bones out, Nick.
0: Anyway, the Giants here. And um Hulk Hogan bails the start of this match. Like, what the fuck? How is this dude alive?
1: He's immortal!
0: Hogan then rips off his shirt to reveal a different shirt underneath. I'm like, yeah.
1: He ripped off a black tank top to reveal a black tank top. A
0: tighter black tank top. Yeah. He then also takes off his bandana to reveal like Taskmaster face paint.
1: I did not understand that.
0: I, it's the dark side of Hogan. I don't know. Dark side of the Hogan. Oh, no. (laughs) Coming to, um, it's on AMC. Fuck which channel is it? Uh.
1: Whatever. Jokes. Coming to Hulu. (laughs) Yeah, it didn't make any sense, and it didn't get any kind of a reveal. And it doesn't lead to anything. It was just there long enough to distract the giant to be like, oh, shit, what the fuck?
0: He staggers the giant and tries to pick him up but fails, and then uh, the giant works Hogan over from corner to corner. You know how
1: great of a wrestler the Big Show was? He was never any better.
0: We get Emily's favorite spot, the test of strength, with included, he's too strong, brother.
1: Not a single muscle was flexed. Not one,
0: but the crowd clapping gives Hogan strength.
1: Of course, it does. The power of magic. He's like Tinkerbell.
0: Yeah, actually, that's, that's true. Exactly. If t- you don't give Bell. Hulk Hogan enough tension, he will die. He will die. Giant kicks Hogan before he can overpower him, and Hogan seems to shoot deny the giant a suplex. Who so like gets in position? And Hogan's like, no, <laughs> and they go to something else. Okay, it's too much of a bump for me, brother. Giant. I just
1: at this point, I know what's coming, and I just want to get there.
0: I know this match also goes like fifteen minutes, I and, I'm like, and I was like, stop! Come on. Giant misses an elbow drop, and Hogan pumps up and hits his punches and smashes on the giant. We got a ten punch spot, ends with a bite from Hogan.
1: So much biting,
0: followed by repeated back rakes, which again is meant to be a heel move. Like Hogan doesn't know how to wrestle anymore.
1: No, but again, he's wrestling an immortal man. Like, come on, do what you gotta do.
0: Hogan clotheslines the giant, but he doesn't go down until he's able to get clotheslined to the floor. Where I feel like the giant was supposed to land on his feet and doesn't.
1: That would that would track. Like I said, Giant's not a good wrestler. The Big Show's not a good wrestler. He's a good character. I mean, it's
0: literally his first like real match ever.
1: I know, but like we know how he is twenty years ago. He's from better
0: now. than this. Eh, he understands uh, how to put together a match better fair. than this.
1: He's not better. He's just learned.
0: Taskmaster and giant then just, like, go to leave. I'm like, wow. I didn't look like a bitch. Mm -hmm. Hogan brings him back and then pokes the eyes twice and then gets out of a chokeslam by raking the eyes. And I'm like...
1: So much raking. Are you a heel? Hulk Hogan toes that line. He does not conform to any heel or face antics. He does it all.
0: Very gentle backbreaker from the giant. He then locks in a bear hug that's absolutely devastating.
1: Not a single muscle is flexed.
0: Giant follows up with a scoop slam, and uh, I incorrectly guessed the end of that bear hug because i it's actually the finish to this next bear hug. Yeah. They drop the arm twice, but would you believe it? Hogan partially hulks up at a count of two. Giant then hits a choke slam, cutting it short, but Hogan kicks out and fully hulks up. Brother. We get a big boot, and Hogan signals for the big scoop slam and manages to hit it. Hits the leg drop. Jimmy Hart... Gets on the apron and hits the ref from behind with the title belt. What?
1: The twist?
0: Hogan tries to figure out what's happening as the giant continues to sell, but keeps peeking his head up to see what's he going on.
1: He lifting his head like, is it time? Now? No. Now? No. Now?
0: So Jimmy Hart gets in the ring, and once Hogan has his back turn, hits Hogan with the title belt, but it doesn't have enough effect because, you know, it's Hulk Hogan.
1: And he's hulked up at this point.
0: And Hogan's like, what the fuck, brother? And, like, goes to corner him. But the giant saves Jimmy Hart and locks in a bear hug. Oh, no. And Absolutely welcome to the end of this it. pay-per-view.
1: Finally. Let's fucking go.
0: Well, before we get to that, I need to acknowledge something no, that people No, I want to get there. Jimmy Hart beckons people out. Lex Luger and Randy Savage come out. And Randy Savage turns his back to Jimmy Hart and then gets hit with a title belt. And I'm like... Did you literally not see what happened five seconds ago? I missed that. Yeah. And then Luger stomps. uh, I was excited. Yeah. and like as Luger is going to stomp Randy Savage, Emily, we hit the peak of this podcast. It's the Yeti. And the
1: Yeti. We finally got there. In size
0: 72 font in my notes.
1: We have been waiting for so long to actually see this thing look at the size of the yeti he's what six six foot five like he's just a tall guy (laughs) and also not a yeti a mummy it's a mummy it's a mummy walking like a zombie what yeti is what what is there yeti about this it came out of a block of ice so did fucking steve rogers is steve rogers a yeti
0: oh my god yes oh my
1: god captain yeti (laughs)
0: We then get some good old fashioned dry humping from the Yeti.
1: Oh my God! Yeah, he tried, He gets them into in the world's biggest air quotes a bear a d- hug. A double bear hug. Where he's not locking in his arms because he's, he's just a mummy. shaking. He's a mummy, so his arms are outstretched. Well, it's locked. also a
0: matter of he can't reach all the way around the giant.
1: Oh my God! It's just bad.
0: And he just kind of shakes all over Hulk Hogan.
1: Like yeah, he like vibrates. It's just like pulsating shaking. Oh my God. All of this, I've been waiting for this for so long, because we've never watched this whole storyline in full, and I've just seen the clips.
0: We then get a torture rack to Hogan. They then do the dry, the double dry hump to Savage. Torture... No, yeah, he's still here. Yeah. Oh yeah, because in the middle of this, he does the whole like undead walk.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Torture rack to Savage. The Giant is announced the winner by disqualification, but not winning the title. And Giant poses with the title and then leaves with it. There's so much to talk about here. <laughs> um, <sighs> let's let's move on in the story and then we'll, we'll back we'll, and then we'll swoon. Uh, the giant is announced that it's like, okay, we're we're retconning Jimmy Hart put in the contract that he could win the title by DQ. This does not happen the next night on Nitro, as everyone reports. It actually happens the week after. They like don't address this for the most part on Nitro.
1: Which is strange. Like, they don't talk about the pay-per-view at all, or just not this match?
0: Uh, they talk about it a little bit, but not really.
1: That is weird. Because I, I would think this was a very big pay-per-view to talk about. Lots of things happened. You'd think.
0: So the title would be vacated after this, depending on if you s w c w WCW or WWE whether or not that title reign counted. It varies. It'll be on the line at World War III, a pay-per-view that we have no intention of reviewing at this point.
1: Let's keep it that way. Because we've watched it.
0: All right, let's let's do this in two parts. Emily, thoughts on the match? No. <laughs> Th- thoughts on the post match?
1: Yes. What are you, the Zodiac? Yes.
0: I fucking.
1: This okay. So here's the thing. I have let me let me say my thing. When we started this podcast, when Nick and I first started dating, I'll go back that far. We very he very quickly got me into wrestling and into watching WWE. All this he gave me a whole PowerPoint. It's a whole thing. And I immediately fell in love with it. And a lot of people in my personal life were like, why? This came out of nowhere. This doesn't make any sense. And for the last few weeks, whenever somebody says like, oh, why wrestling? With what we've been watching, I'm like, honestly, don't know. This pay-per-view reinvigorated why I love wrestling. It is theatrical. It is carny. It is campy. It's stupid, but it's so much fucking fun that you cannot stop watching it. And the, this this main event, this last after bit is exactly... I want to point everyone in the direction of this. Like, tell yeah. me this is not charming as hell.
0: Yeah, because the other thing to keep in mind with this is think about what they thought this was going to be. Yeah.
1: What did they think that the Yeti was going to be?
0: Oh, my God. It's a bigger version than the giant. He's going to be massive.
1: He was They actually
0: couldn't get the guy they originally wanted. This is their second choice.
1: Yeah, he's small.
0: No, I, well, again, he's not small. I he's don't know why. He's smaller
1: than they bill him. Like, he's not a big guy. Like, he's, he's tall.
0: He's taller than Giant. He is wearing he lifts. He's wearing lifts. Oh, yeah. well. I think he's actually about an inch taller. Yeah, they wanted to get a wrestler called El Gigante, <laughs> but they couldn't get him, who I believe is Giant Gonzalez, who also can't wrestle worth a fucking damn. So well,
1: Okay, so we have... The giant we have i'm i hate to say it andre
0: wait i just realized el gigante and the giant are the same
1: exactly thing i just realized wow did you like, take spanish in high school my brain
0: didn't process that
1: we have um oh who's that big fucker great collie yeah <laughs> we have omos like when are we gonna learn that the tall giants don't work
0: you realize the big show is actually by far the best worker You're right, out of that he group. He absolutely
1: is. And everybody that I noted, the big show is 100% the best. And I will go to my grave with that. Yeah.
0: Braun Strowman wasn't as tall, but at least no, was Braun talented. Braun Strowman
1: was not as big. He, I don't categorize they him They pushed as him as the
0: next like big man like that.
1: No. I don't think of him as like that, though. He has talent. Then but, there's Omos. Yeah. Fuck Omos. Let's stick
0: like? to this show, or at least the upcoming shows, because the Yeti would almost be immediately dropped and the gimmick would be changed. To they would give him a knockoff scorpion from Mortal Kombat outfit and he would be called the super giant ninja.
1: What? <laughs> the Yeti is so much better. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And he's either one of the giants for the upcoming pay per view, or he was so shit that they couldn't even like they didn't even want to bill it around him, so like yeah. Hogan was the third giant.
1: I, I would not be surprised at that. Oh, oh my god. god what the- a show. This the, is why I love the wrestling. The fucking Yeti. What happened to WCW? Can we just cap this with The this NWO happened. Okay, I've said that and you well, said no.
0: Actually, no. Hogan kept happening. Because we've watched the end of this storyline. Have we? It's the eight-on-two triple-decker cage match at oh, Uncensored. Yeah. That's the end of this story. Wow. And wow. yeah, would you believe the fans aren't as into Hulk Hogan Literally running off eight men with a fucking chair.
1: Yeah, no.
0: Like that's just one chair. Just bonk. It's it's just like picture. You know Hogan chair shots.
1: Bonk. Yeah, it's just it breaks my heart though because like this was a gem of a show. There was lore. There were characters. There was character build. There was storylines that were storylines that got fulfilled. Like there were things were happening the whole time. It was fun. It was engaging. The pacing was good and we jump to 9899 and no one cares about story no one cares about character everyone's just a bad guy basically like there's no there's no characters
0: yeah honestly i will say i don't get the people who say this is the worst pay-per-view of all time this is, ridic- this is a
1: ridiculous amazing
0: this is a ridiculous show but all right Take it's all, entertaining as Take, hell. A, take all the, the the silly bollocks out of it. Still there's wasn't
1: some, a terrible. There's some decent stuff
0: on the show. Yeah, yeah. I don't get the the oh, this is the worst. Like, look, the main event's not a good match, and the post match is ridiculous. But I love it. I mean, I guess if you're Jim Cornette, it's it's the worst thing to ever happen. But you know, if you're no. us, you enjoy it. This
1: is amazing. I really think that the worst thing to happen to WCW is Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash. I have a hard time thinking of what else would have poisoned it yeah because you have said there Kevin Nash has been quoted as like we already got their money brother that that mentality is what kills WCW
0: yeah it, it's that in a mix of we all want to be cool heels that people yeah. people root for
1: yeah Ugh, I well. wish it was still like this
0: well unfortunately we will be getting back to our regular timeline next yeah. but uh before then let's wrap this up. With best bit and MVP, Emily, what do you got?
1: Okay, so my best bit is very obviously, well, I guess not very obviously, the Randy Savage promo was amazing.
0: It was utterly fantastic. I was thinking that, and then I realized, Emily, why did we do this pay-per-view? Oh, he's my MVP. Emily, we d- he's my both. <laughs> Emily, the entire reason people remember this show <laughs> the yet- is the Yeti. So he has to be the best bit. And he my MVP. MVP.
1: He was absolutely, he was going to be my MVP from the start of this. If, if
0: Earthquake as the shark had come out, this would not be a memorable pay-per-view. My, you know, it, it would been like, a, oh wow, remember that time they did a monstrung match? The Yeti turns this show from, that's a bit weird, to legendary.
1: Agreed. Yeah, he's my MVP for sure. We want
0: to talk about the, the, the boy stable of... Better managers or characters and not wrestlers. I'm thinking Mount Rushmore of fucking bollocks. It's him. It's the Shockmaster, and I'll hear I'll hear arguments for the other two. Oh
1: my god! It's a ma- yeah, uh, maybe
0: if we're going purely WCW, I'm throwing RoboCop in there.
1: Oh, I don't even want to ask. But no, <laughs> I I agree.
0: Chucky is Chucky number four
1: on there. I don't want to ask. Um. Let's move on. Scott Steiner's Tiger. Stop!
0: <laughs> you don't even know about that.
1: I don't want to ask.
0: Oh God! It's this next nitro is gonna be a crash to Earth. Oh,
1: it's gonna suck.
0: Well, the next nitro is gonna be the August thirtieth. We're continuing That's to fall. Brawl. So hey, maybe Sid'll shout a bunch.
1: Oh, gee, Fingers crossed. You love that way more than I do. I'm gonna be sad. If if it's not a sad show, at least I will be sad. I'll
0: that try to make a few face. YETE jokes.
1: I just want
0: this I want. Until then, you can listen to the rest for a back catalogue. We'd be getting caught up for that episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Stitcher and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Butts in the Pod, and on Facebook at the Butts in the Seats Podcast.
1: Good job.
0: Emily, I'm sorry to drag you back into ninety nine, but
1: wanna. Wrestling peaked in 1995, and I don't care who wants to fight me on that.
0: But I promise, the first Vince Russo Nitro is October 18th. We a whole month. We will release that episode on October 18th. Okay. I am promising that now. Okay. But until then, and until our next episode, I am once again the rare white Bengal Tiger Nick, along with Sullivan, my son. Emily oh my God. <laughs> and we'll see you next time on the butts in the seats podcast.
1: Help me. <laughs>